All right, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Greased Wheels, the podcast. I'm your Uncle Jimmy, sitting here behind the microphone of the Rock and Roll Garage, bringing you all kinds of garbage. Hey, first podcast of 2021 here. One of the things I want to address today is what I call a can't-do attitude. I think a lot of you have probably heard of the can-do attitude, and I think a lot of you have it. Uh, a lot of you have a knob on it. You can turn it up or down. It's like, oh, I can do that. I don't want to, but I can do that. And that's fine. If you have a can-do attitude and you have stuff you don't like to do, you can certainly voice your opinion and say, oh, you know, eh, I could I could do that. I could fix that. You know, this is, this is fucked up or that's fucked up. I got a car with this problem. I got a car with that problem. Sure, you, you can certainly say to yourself or out loud or to your dispatcher or your team leader or even your shop foreman or your service manager, you could say to them, well, you know, I can fix that, but yeah, I'd rather not. I just don't want to. I Normally, I'm going to step up and say I'm the guy who fixes everything and I can do that, but you know, everybody has a job they fucking hate. Everybody does. I can't really sit here right now and say to you, I have a job that I hate. I have jobs that I dislike a lot. Let's put it that way. Let's put it, let's soften it up a little bit, Uncle Jimmy. Okay. I have some jobs that I dislike, but for the most part, I can pretty much handle anything and I'm not going to hate everything so much so to the point where uh, I don't want to do it. I think if I had to pick one thing, and I, I mean this literally, this is ridiculous, okay? But the one thing I hate probably more than anything is tire rotations. Ugh. Here's the deal with tire rotations. The brand that I work for, the manufacturer whose cars that I am uh, in charge of, that I am uh, trusted or entrusted to care for, for the people who buy them, uh, does not recommend in any way, shape, or form, not even a little bit, not ever, not once, ever, recommend a tire rotation. They just don't do it. I have, over the course of about 20 years or so, asked them numerous times when I'm at school or if I'm online with them or or whenever I get one of them, you know, in, in within earshot, I ask them, say, hey, is it recommended that we do tire rotations at all? Is any one of these cars going to benefit from that? And the answer comes back every time. Eh, well, uh, yeah, okay, they don't know. They don't have the answer. So really, literally, the answer is no. Okay, a tire rotation, especially when they go literally miles and miles and miles out of their way to design a car that has a 50-50 weight ratio, which means that half the weight of the vehicle is over the rear axle and the other half is, you guessed it, boys and girls, over the front axle. And they handle amazing when you do that, okay? Now, if you've ever driven like an old muscle car, say a GTO or maybe a Mustang, and Mustangs were bad, real bad like that, or maybe like even a Dodge Charger, just ask the Duke boys, that motherfucker front heavy. It's front heavy. You throw that thing into a corner, it's going to follow the engine because the engine is pivot, is just parked right over the front wheels. And the back end's a lot lighter than the front. And so it's just going to be, it's like a dart. If you ever play darts, you know that it's going to stick into something. And the same with a car that's really front heavy. So in order to make the car handle better, give it a 50-50 weight ratio and boom, you're good to go. You can go around the corner, hit the apex, stomp on the gas and fucking go. No, not with a muscle car. Okay, great. So what does all this mean, Uncle Jimmy? Well, it means that the tires are should, should, keyword in that sentence, it should wear out evenly on all four corners. Unless, of course, you honestly believe you're Dan Gurney or A.J. Foyt or even Lewis Hamilton. You're not going to throw it into a curve at 1,000 miles an hour, turn the wheels, and expect the car to fucking just go through the curve like it's a slot car. It's not going to happen. Physics are going to take over and the car is going to go straight and you're probably going to fucking hit something. And if you've done that in the past and you survived, you're just plain fucking lucky. But let me just double back to what I was talking about. None of the cars that I work on 
from the brand that I work for require or even suggest or recommend in any way, shape, or form that they get a rotation, a tire rotation. And this is where you, in typical fashion, where you take the front tires and the front wheels off the front and you put them on the back. Or if you're one of these fucking assholes who likes to do rotations, you go, well, I like to cross-rotate them. I was like, I like to fucking cross you off my Christmas list. Fuck you. I'm not changing. I'm not doing it, okay? And it irritates the living fucking shit out of me when people come in and say, oh, I want to rotate. I go, that is so 20th century, okay? We don't have to do that shit anymore. And as a matter of fact, if you rotate your tires, you're more likely to cause problems than fucking solve them. If you roll into a place, and this is this is my thinking, if you roll into a place where they just change oil and every once in a while maybe they change an air filter and you say, hey, I want to rotate, you know, and they go, oh, yeah, we can do that. Sure, we can. Are we going to do it correctly? Mm, probably not because sometimes you get these, these guys, these people, these kids, whatever you want to call them, who work in these quick lube places and they're, you know, on their summer vacation from college and they're going to college for something like, uh, you know, geology or, you know, maybe uh, – basket weaving or something ridiculous and they just need a job uh, to, to pay for the parties that they're going to have all all fall and all winter and so they're working at like a jiffy lube changing oil and sometimes they get it right i'm not trying to put down any anybody that works at jiffy lube but uh well sometimes you guys do a terrible job okay and so these are the kind of people who do a terrible job changing oil which is like their main bread and butter and then you're asking them to take your wheels off and bolt them back on the car in a different spot and do it correctly uh no i'm not i'm not buying it i'm not buying it i'm not going to do it okay and and you can uh and believe me i've i've seen it with my own eyes i've experienced it many many times where mechanics uh, or technicians or whatever you want to call them. I'm not even sure that there's a word. Maybe we should invent one for, for people who are out of their league as far as putting tools to a car. And they actually will rotate the tires or maybe even change the tires and then either A, forget to put the lug nuts on completely or put them on and forget to tighten them or put them on and strip the fucking piss out of them and they're still loose or any one of a number of other malfunctions that can happen if you're not paying attention or if you just don't know what you're doing in the first place. I've uh, experienced a lot of tires and wheels falling off of cars. Uh, it's never happened to me. I did leave a tire loose one time because somebody was fucking in my face and, and bothering me. And uh, it made me realize that when people come over to give me shit or to just talk to me that I've got to stop working until they fucking go away. And sometimes if they don't want to stop talking and they don't want to go away, I have to tell them. Get the fuck away from me. I'm going to make a mistake if you're over there fucking jawing, you know, chewing my ear off while I'm trying to work. Get the fuck away from me. I need to concentrate on what I'm doing. So I'd never lost a wheel. I came close, but, you know, I, I, I picked it up and put it back together and everything was fine. I didn't, it didn't fall off. Uh, and it can happen. It can happen to the best of us. I mean, it can happen if you're not paying attention, if somebody's fucking jerking you off. But what I started talking about was people who have a can't-do attitude, okay, and my can't-do thing is tire rotations. I don't want to do them. Uh, when people request them, I get all kinds. I really do. I get cranky as shit. And I don't want to do tire rotations, okay? First off, I, I don't have the greatest back in the world. I don't want to take this fucking prick's tires off his fucking car and move him to a different fucking part of his car, okay? I just don't want to do it. There's no benefit to it, okay? So I guess you could say I do have somewhat of a can't-do attitude. But what I'm talking about here is somebody who might be might have a little less experience than I do, might have a little less uh, training than I do, and maybe a little, you know, a little less uh, enthusiasm than I do because I, I bring a great deal of enthusiasm to the job, and I think a lot of you do at times. And so other times, obviously, the enthusiasm is that it wanes and you don't have a whole lot of it around. Uh, but when you're young, uh, 
and you're new, and I would say within the first couple, two, three years, you should really try not to, and I'd be very hard, not to have a can't-do attitude because people who are trying to mentor you and bring you along and help you out, they might not seem like they're trying to help you out, but as a matter of fact, if they treat you harshly, they are helping you out because if you wilt, if you wilt or you, you recoil at some of the things that somebody who's trying to help you out tells you or asks you to do, then it says a lot not only to them, but it should say a lot to you. If you have a car, that, if somebody has a car that comes in and it needs something done to it and it's going to require many hours of labor and it's arduous and maybe it's dirty and maybe it's just something and you, you just don't want to do it. My, uh, my uh, suggestion to you would be not to be too vocal about not wanting to do it, okay? You should, if you're new, I'm, I'm, this is where, where this podcast is trying to go. If you're new or newer, okay, I'd say within the first three years, and somebody brings you some shit you don't want to work on, and they want you, and somebody somewhere, whether it's your service manager or your team leader or your foreman or whatever, they want you to work on it. You should probably just say, oh, okay. And then if they ask you, you know, oh, you don't want to work on it? I said, well, I've never worked on one before, or it just seems like it's a lot of work, or, you know, I'm not sure I'm up to it or whatever. You can offer an excuse as to why you might want to not do it, but you should always accept the fact that, that you can do it and that you should do it. And maybe you don't want to do it, but that's not as important as just fucking doing it anyway. Okay. Don't foster in yourself a can't do attitude. It's not a very attractive thing. And when people are looking at you as an employee and they know that you beg off on stuff, say maybe an oil pan gasket where the vehicle has four wheel drive and you've got to shred the drive shaft from the transfer case to the differential. Then you got to shred the half shafts out of the differential and the oil pan. And then you've got to shred the differential off the oil pan. And then you got to drop the subframe and it's all covered with oil because it's been leaking and it's shitty and, and it makes a huge mess on your floor and it's back breaking and you don't have the right equipment or the right tools possibly. Uh, it, yeah, it's difficult to do, but typically a, a job like that pays fairly well. And if you, you know what, seriously, if you do a couple, two, three of those, so let's say you do two or three or four of them, after a while, you start to figure out there's things you don't have to take apart and there's other things that you don't have to do and you can get the job done a little, little bit quicker and you learn little t- tricks. And, and sometimes if you have a good crew that you work with, like the crew I have, I work with, uh, the crew I work with is very helpful, extremely helpful. And uh, I, I, I tell them thanks all the time. And, and you know, having an ego is one thing, but having an ego that is so, you know, strong and it is so full of machismo that I'm not willing to accept any kind of help, that's no good at all. But when I have guys that come over and say, oh, you know what, I did this job one time and, and I did this, but don't do that because that fucked me up. Or maybe they come over and say, geez, you should try doing it this way because I did it that way. I mean, it can get out of hand, sure. I mean, I had a, a guy I worked with who questioned absolutely everything I ever fucking did. And after a while, it just got to be really funny because it was ridiculous. It was as if I didn't know how to fucking tie my shoes. But for the most part, all the guys I work with now, really good mechanics, a lot of them. Uh, And if they offer me any kind of advice, I'm fucking all ears, okay? I'm not so fucking brilliant that I don't need anybody else's opinion. I don't need anybody else's input. Man, I, I look forward to it. Tell me tell me what made your life easier. If it makes my life easier, man, maybe I'll buy you a fucking soda or maybe I'll buy you a beer. But I'm not going to buy you a fucking energy drink. Oh, geez. <laughs> I don't want to go off on that one, but I'm not going to do it, okay? But if you're a young guy and people come up to you and offer you advice or they try to tell you something, you should probably stop what you're doing maybe and listen carefully to what they're saying because a lot of times, especially in our shop, I don't know anybody who, who does this, 
uh, anywhere actually, but in my shop, they're not going to steer you wrong. They're not going to steer you wrong. Even somebody that you maybe dislike or maybe somebody who you think is a bonehead, if they come up to you and say, oh, you know, I had to do this job one time and I did this instead of that. And, and you go, oh, fuck, yeah, that, that, that's a lot easier. Man, that's great. Thanks, man. You know, and then it, because through the ages from the generations and all the mechanics out there over the last 120 years, little shit like that has been passed down from one person to the next, to the next, to the next. And, and in, when you get older, like I am, you have a, a virtual file of these things in your fucking noodle things that make your life a lot easier and they're just things that you picked up over time and you've been around for so fucking long that you've got all kinds of all kinds of little tips and tricks you know in fact uh you know if we ever get around to doing the uh youtube tv show that we want to do for grease to wheels i'm going to probably do a segment where i show people uh little tips and tricks that i've learned and i'm going to let people write into me and tell me about the little tips and tricks that they've learned and and i'll be happy to showcase them i know for a fact i don't know them all you know, and sometimes it involves modifying a tool. Sometimes it involves putting a wire tie in a certain spot. Wait, wait till you see that shit, okay? Uh, other times it involves maybe using a paper clip to do something because paper clips are fucking great. They're extremely disposable. And oh, by the way, they'll hold a bolt right exactly where the fuck you want it, okay? And when you see that, you're just gonna go, holy shit, why the fuck didn't I think of that? And I go, well, you can tell people you thought of it, but you saw it here, it's fine. But when you're the young guy... When you're the new guy, when you're the newish guy, let's put it that way, and you maybe you're fresh out of out of uh, maybe you're fresh out of tech school, maybe you're fresh out of some sort of uh, manufacturer's training program, maybe you're just fresh off the street. What the fuck? I don't even know where people are getting technicians from nowadays, honestly. Uh, but if you're a fresh new guy in the business and you're listening to your uncle Jimmy and he's trying to help you out and he's trying to tell you things and you're not fucking listening. And then you, you, you turn around and say, oh, you know, I don't really want to do that job. Or, or please don't give me that job. I don't want to do that. It's like telling the fucking briar rabbit you doesn't want to be thrown into the briar patch. You might as well just say, hey, bring it on, man. Give me the worst fucking shit you got because that's what's going to happen. And that's what should happen. Because if you can do the worst, nastiest, greasiest fucking jobs in the world on the cars that you work on, on, on the machinery that you work on, on the equipment that you work on, on whatever it is you work on, if you can do the nastiest, greasiest, shittiest, most difficult job Everything else will become easier. It really will. You'll be like, holy shit, I could just change this and I could change that and then I don't have to fuck with the rest of this, this component over here, which is all fucked up and greasy and you know, you need all kinds of tools to get it out. I can do that instead and it makes your life easier because you're almost learning backwards. You know, you've learned the absolute worst way to do it and the most difficult way to do it. And now, from now on, you're going to know how to do something better. And you're going to know how to do everything else that's involved with that a lot fucking easier. I can remember as, as, a, as a nubile, as a lot kid even, at a, a car dealership. I was at a Chevy dealership way back in the very early 80s. And uh, I watched a guy take a transmission out of a, I don't even remember what it was. I think it was a Chevy truck. But he got up in there with a really long extension and a swivel 916. And he had his 3 8 impact on there. And vick! He had all six fucking bolts that hold that tranny to that engine out in literally less than a minute. And he had that thing on a tranny jack. He had that tranny out of the vehicle completely. Now, he had made a huge mess with the tranny fluid. It's kind of unavoidable. But he had that transmission out 
in like 15 minutes. And he, I don't remember what he was exactly doing. I think he might have just been swapping the torque converter. So he pops the torque converter off. He filled, he had already filled up the new one with tranny fluid, slapped it on, put it in. Maybe he put a new front pump seal on. I don't even remember. My memory's not that good. But I do remember that this guy had this tranny out, made the repair he needed to make, and had the tranny back in in less than like 30 fucking minutes. And he wasn't really breaking a sweat. He wasn't like, you know, in there like, like he was at twice speed or anything. He was just moving at regular speed. And this was stunning for me because I had actually tried to change a transmission in one of my cars in my garage, you know, jacking the car up as far as I could with the pathetic little floor jack that I had and uh, getting the car up on jack stands. Never, boys and girls, just a little side note, don't ever get under a car unless it's supported by jack stands or it's on a lift. And even if it's on a lift, make sure the lift is good, okay? Safety message of the week, all right? Um, but I'm on my back with a turbo 400 long shaft on my chest trying to put it in this car. And I did not know because I was a young buck. I was a fresh-faced punk, a teenager still even. I did not know you could unbolt the torque converter from the flywheel. Is that the fucking stupidest thing you've ever heard? Yeah, it really is now. <laughs> as soon as I saw this guy doing it in like 30 minutes, I went, holy fuck. That's all That's all I would have had to do? I could have gotten a, could have gotten it done probably within a couple of hours if I'd known the torque converter unbolted from the flywheel, but it never occurred to me, and I'd never seen anybody do it before. I was just forging ahead, and oh, by the way, doing it all fucking wrong. But that's the point I'm trying to make is here, don't roll into anything with a can't-do attitude. It's going to get you in trouble. I don't, I don't want to do a seat cover on a car. Really? Upholstery work? Come on, boys and girls. I know a lot of you out there probably just fucking rolled your eyes and said, what, is he talking about upholstery work? What the fuck? Yeah, most of you guys don't do upholstery work. Do you have any idea how really, how fucking easy it is? It's easy. But you know what? Make sure you wash your hands before you do it because if you got dirt on your hands, dirt under your fingernails is going to end up on the upholstery. So just wash your hands, pull the seat out, clip off all the fucking uh, hog rings, and boom, put some new ones in there. Put it on a new seat. Put it on a new seat cover. Put it on a new foam. Whatever it is. It's not hard. I've done literally, uh, I don't want to say thousands. I've done probably about 100, maybe 200 seat covers, you know, for whatever reason. The seat occupancy mat went bad or the seat heater went bad or maybe the upholstery just ripped or wrinkled or did some shit the customer didn't want it to do. And so we replaced it. And I can replace those. I'll replace those all day long. And you know what? That helped me out. With the restorations I like to do on my own cars too, because now I look at my car and the seat's just, it's all torn up and it's puking foam all over the place and it's uncomfortable and it looks like shit. And I order a seat cover and I know goddamn well, I can put that on without any trouble whatsoever. No fucking problem. That's another thing too, is that, that, you know, doing something that's difficult and hard for the first time is going to teach you how to do it better and faster the next time. And I always say that. You know, whenever, even even all of us out there that have a lot of experience, whenever we have to do something for the first time, we may or may not beat the time that's in the warranty manual. You know, if it's a warranty job, we may not beat that time. But you know what? We fucking A will the next time. And then the time after that, we're going to get better and better and better at it. Um, we've got, I've got several jobs over the course of the last two, two and a half years that I've done for the very first time. And the very first time I did them, I probably made time, but it was close. But now if I've got to do those, if I, especially if I've done them, you know, three, four, five times, maybe even 10 times, uh, there's a few repairs that we've done multiple, multiple times. I'm talking 20, 30 times. Man, fucking bang. 
bang, 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 bang. I bang them out, you know, get them done, okay? And that's because they have a can-do attitude, and that's because I have. A, I learned how to do it attitude too, okay? That's part of having a can-do attitude. So if you're a new guy, this is just a little advice from your Uncle Jimmy, and maybe, uh, maybe you're not listening carefully enough to this, but don't be that fucking guy who doesn't want to do shit. Don't try to pick and choose, okay? Because if you're a young guy, and you want to try to pick the pile, and you want to just do gravy. I'm pretty sure there's somebody out there who's been at that job longer than you who's going to shut you fucking down and fucking thwart your efforts to make a lot of money doing easy stuff. There's going to be somebody, okay? Now, I'm familiar with a situation. It's not in a shop I'm in anymore, but uh, I'm familiar with a situation where there's a guy who works in a shop that I used to work in who refuses absolutely completely to get any sort of training to get updated on any sort of systems because the shop feeds him easy stuff to do. If they give him something really hard to do or something that's difficult to do or something that requires for him to think because I'm not sure he has a brain, uh, he might be like the fucking scarecrow. He's out there somewhere in Kansas with a girl and a dog looking for it. But uh, he's he doesn't have one or it doesn't work very well or it's cloudy or murky or maybe he was dropped on his head. Maybe he has concrete nursery floor syndrome. I don't know. But he's just a dopey fuck, okay? But, and management there... I don't think they, they really care all that much. I mean, they just give him easy stuff. They're, of course, they're not paying him very much too. So it's economical for them to give him the gravy and let him bang it out because it doesn't cost them as much as if they give it to somebody else, which is something entirely different than what we're talking about. That's just economics, and unfortunately, that's the way it goes sometimes. But this guy, he's not going to get smarter. He's not going to get better, and he's not going to have a can-do attitude when it comes to certain jobs. And when you ask him to go to training, when you ask him to, to read something, he won't do it. He's just not going to do it. And uh, I think that actually makes him one of the worst employees I've ever seen. Somebody who is on a mission to not improve themselves and not get better at what they do. And really, honestly, if it was my shop, I'd send that fucking guy on his way. I would put him out the door with his fucking tools. Because if he's not going to endeavor to get better, if he's not going to endeavor to take on work that he's not familiar with, if he's not going to make the effort to be a better technician than... Get him the fuck out of there, okay? Because that's what you want everybody else to do. I don't understand why you would allow one person to just kind of atrophy in place, if you will, and then you want everybody else to get better at it. And maybe you want to bring in new people who are who are better at it too, and they see this going on, and it just tells it, it just says volumes about your place of employment that you got this fucking kid in there who's a fucking booger eating moron and you just kind of, you know, you just kind of sweep the sweep the gravy his way, you know. He's got a kayak, a gravy kayak, and he's taking it to Gravyville all the time. And everybody else has to work really, really hard and uh, to get the same amount of work done. And it's not fair. And that, that's a whole other thing that goes on in the shop is this isn't fair or that isn't fair. And that's another thing. Having a dispatcher or service advisors or even a service manager who, who creates situations where uh, certain things are unfair, uh, these are things that are not going to work out very well for them because you can't have two sets of rules. Now, uh, this doesn't really go along with having a can't-do attitude, but uh, it does follow along with two sets of rules being very bad for your shop. If you have a situation where you're letting one person get away with something, but then you chastise everybody else if they do the same sort of thing, you're just asking for trouble, okay? We have that going on in the shop I'm in now. You know, we have some individuals who roll in late, and for some reason, for one individual, it's okay. I'm like, what? Are you, what? Really? This guy can roll in late, and that's just okay with everybody? I don't think so. Shouldn't happen that way. 
Something's got to happen there. I think something's got to change or else, you know, the whole shop's just going to spiral out of control and everybody's just going to decide they'll show up whenever they want. You, you can have two sets of rules, but you're going to have anarchy after a while because then nobody's going to follow any fucking rules. Okay, So don't let that happen to you in the shop that you're at if you're in a position to make these sorts of rules or to make these sorts of concessions to technicians because you have to, you have to be at least somewhat fair Okay, and that goes hand in hand with having a can't-do attitude. If you have people who don't want to work on certain things or they don't want to come in on time or they don't want to do this or they don't want to do that, it's like, fuck you, fuck you, seriously. If you're going to work here, you are going to have to do everything that everybody does and you're going to have to show up on time and you're going to have to be productive. And when we look at the figures and we look at the uh, the stats at the end of the week or the end of the month or the end of the year and you're not keeping up your end of the bargain, I would expect to be offered to uh, to find the exit with your tools and your toolbox, okay? Because if you've got 10 guys who perform wonderfully, you know, they're productive and they're happy and they, they show up on time and they do their job and no matter what job you give them, they just do it and they don't complain too much. I mean, you know, we're technicians. Complaining is like one of the major things that we do. But if they don't complain too much and they do the job and they're people that you can count on and that you can trust, and then you've got one fucking guy or maybe even two or maybe maybe you have more than two who can't really be counted on to show up on time or they can't be counted on to work very hard or to get the job done right or to just do whatever work needs to be done. They're going to beg off on stuff. And and I've got we've got that situation going on in the shop I'm in now. And it irritates the shit out of me. And when I'm irritated, I'm going to let people know on this podcast. That's usually what I do. You know, and if the same sort of thing is going on in your shop and you point it out to somebody they don't want to do anything about it, well, let's get some let's get the pencils out, the pen and the pencils out and update the resume. Okay? There's no reason they have to put up with that shit. There's a lot of people out there doing a fine job of running shops, either indie shops or dealership shops, where you can go and work and you can go and be a valuable component in a machine that is running perfectly, or not so much perfectly, but is running good. Okay, And they're not treating one person like he's made out of uh, glass. You know, they're, not, they're not giving uh, one particular person all the gravy and then just letting everybody else flounder. You, know? you can find that shop. Those shops are out there. Those, there's a lot of people out there who are very fair-minded and will pay you fairly and, and treat you fairly. Okay? So if you're in a shop that doesn't treat you fairly, and maybe they treat you fairly, but they're treating other people even more fairly, which seems to be what's happening, uh, then you can go ahead and just get the fuck out. Get out. You know, there's no reason to put up with that shit. If nobody wants to do anything about it, just go ahead and go. And if you are a valuable component to the shop, they'll ask you why as you're leaving. And you can tell them, say, well, you know, you let this guy get away with this, you let that guy get away with that, and you let others, other people pick and choose what they want to work on. Guess what? I don't want to be a part of that bullshit anymore, okay? I'm getting fucked working on shit I would prefer not to work on, but I work on it because nobody else wants to. Now, today's podcast is going to be a lot shorter because I don't have a whole lot to say on this. Um, if you have a can't-do attitude, you know who you are. You know who you are. You have things you don't want to work on. And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't really... I'd like to think that I don't have a can't-do attitude. I would like to think so. But after working at an independent for about three or four years, I found there's a whole bunch of shit that I really don't want to work on. And if I was to get a job in an independent and they said, oh, well, we want you to work on blank, blank, and blank, I'd say, well, you can fucking take it all and go right to blankety-blank hell. Because <laughs> I'm serious. I found some stuff out there that I just do not wish to put wrenches to for whatever reason. And I don't want to go into it now because no matter 
what I say or who I'm talking to, I, I always manage to offend somebody who's a fan of a certain marquee or a certain make. Okay, and I'm not gonna I don't wanna I don't wanna do that anymore, okay? I have respect for the technicians who work on them. I really do. And especially uh there's a couple of those brands out there that if you're a technician for them and you work for them and you're successful at making them go, then my hats are off. My hat my hat's off to you. Because I I've found great difficulty in working on a couple of these makes and uh what they've taught me is that I don't ever wanna fucking work on them again. And I could die a very happy man if I don't have to. And uh, that's probably what's going to happen. That's it's actually one of the reasons why I'm at a dealer now because uh, typically, unless we sold it as a used car, we're not going to see cars from other brands in our shop. And when we do, we <laughs> it's funny because you want to see a can't do attitude. Wait till you're working at a brand specific manufacturer shop and somebody pulls in something that isn't from your brand it's from a whole nother brand you're going to see a whole bunch of guys looking the other way going to the bathroom taking a smoke break maybe going out into their vehicle taking a nap they're going to avoid that shit like the fucking plague there's your can't do attitude right getting you right in the face you know if you're working at like a, a an audi dealer and somebody brings you a honda and parks it in the middle of the shop and says, I need somebody to work on this. So everyone's just like trying to become as small as they possibly can. You know, it's like, I don't know anything about them. I know how to spell it, but that's it, you know? And I think probably in some shops, they don't know how to spell Honda even. I myself personally, uh, and, and I, I have, you know, I have to uh, say, I don't enjoy it. But if somebody pulls in something like that and nobody wants to work on it, I will. I have in the past. Um, but only because I know that nobody else does want to work on it. And I have pretty much, for the most part, all of the time, almost all of the time, a can-do attitude. Now, if they pull in a car that's from another manufacturer and it's a brand that I refuse to work on anymore and they want a tire rotation, then I'm a probably going to lose my fucking mind and <laughs> fucking scream obscenities and go, what the fuck? Get this fucking pile of shit the fuck out of here! Ah! I don't care if we sold it. Fuck them. Do we look like a fucking Jaguar dealer? God damn it. Oh, I let it slip. Shit. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't think that that would be a surprise to anybody that I do not want to work on Jaguars. Okay. Uh, I think that probably a, a lot of you are out there shaking your head. Go, yeah, we're with you, Uncle Jimmy. Those fucking things suck. <laughs> but then there's a guy out there who's a big Jaguar head who has an XKE at home and he works at the Jaguar dealer and he's a Jaguar master technician. And he, he's like, oh, you guys are pussies. They're easy to work on. Well, yeah, they're easy for you, okay? But listen, if uh, if I see you at a bar and you're sitting at the bar all by yourself and your, your, your drink glass is empty, I'm not buying you a drink. Fuck off, okay? You fucking Jaguar tech. Oh Jesus! No, seriously, I try to. I, I want to be. I want to be fair to everybody, and I just want to say. I just want to put this out there, okay? If you work on those things and you love them, God bless you. Seriously, I just don't. Okay, I'm sorry. If and, and you can call me whatever names you want to call me, and, and let me tell you something right now. Whatever names you call me, probably fit. They're probably accurate, okay? But I just don't want to work on Jaguars. I, I had. I had one that just beat my ass and never did get it fixed. And we even passed it off to another technician who is just as much, if not more skilled than myself, and he couldn't get it either. So I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why we weren't able to fix this. I have a pretty good grasp of how electrical systems work, but this fucking thing just wouldn't fucking work, okay? All right, that's enough about that. Uh, I want to get out of here. I want to, Like I said, I want to make this a shorty. A shorty today because it's 2021 and I got a lot of things I got to plan out. A lot of things I want to try to do this year. And uh, keeping the podcast a little bit shorter is probably one of them. 
it used to be that I would, you know, babble on for an hour and let Eric trim stuff out, and then I would find that Eric wouldn't actually trim hardly anything out, which is fine, uh, but uh, some of the stuff I could have fucking left on the cutting room floor. And he didn't, which is cool. Okay, so I'm going to give him a little less to work with this time and see what happens. Maybe he'll be, maybe he'll yell at me, he'll text me, hey, you dick. You know, <laughs> you do a whole goddamn podcast about a can't-do attitude and how you shouldn't have a can't-do attitude, and you make it your shortest podcast ever, and then you say at the end, oh, I don't want to make it really long. Talk about a can't-do attitude, you fucking hypocritical bastard. <laughs> no, seriously, uh, when, you, when you're new, and even when you're not new, I think that uh, this attitude can... Uh, can cause you problems if you're even a veteran of five or even 10 years or even many, many years like myself. You should be available and able to do everything, okay? You could, you don't have to like it, trust me. I mean, if somebody brings me a Jaguar that needs an oil change, I'll change the oil in it, but I might be cursing the whole fucking time. I might be calling you a fucking jackass and, you know, fucking driving on the right fucking jerk off and, and uh, fucking oh, got your oil changed, governor, you know, kind of thing. But uh, I'll get it done. I'll get it done, and maybe I'll berate you in my own mind, and maybe out loud in the shop. Hopefully you won't hear it. I'll do it. I will. I'll do it. I, I know I said I won't work on a Jaguar again, but if they pull one into my shop and there's nobody around or nobody can do it, I'll fix the fucking thing. You know why? Because I have a can-do attitude, all right? All right. So don't have a can't-do attitude. Please don't, don't do it. It doesn't, you know, especially... Especially when you go to get a raise, you're asking the boss for a raise, and he has a list of all these things that, hey, guess what? I didn't want to do that. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Well, guess what? I don't want to give you a raise, you know? If you want if you want to earn more money in this particular business, if you want to get a raise, if you want to be a, a earn more, if you want to be a high earner, you have to do things. You have to do a lot of things. You have to try to do everything, okay? And if you can't or you won't, uh, then your boss is just going to say, well, there's no more money available for people who don't want to make themselves more valuable to me, okay? So there's that too. You have a can't-do attitude. Well, you can't make a bigger deposit in the bank at the end of the week because you can't get a raise because, well, who's going to give more money to people who have drawn a line in the sand and say, hey, I'm not going to do anything on the other line, other side of the line in the sand? And they're going to say, well, why don't you put raises on the other side of that line in the sand? Because those that's something you're not going to get either. That's enough of me. I'm your Uncle Jimmy. One of the things I do best is I like to say how much I appreciate you guys. You're out there. If you have a can-do attitude, great. If you have a can't-do attitude, try to work it around the other way. Move it 180 degrees. Move the dial to the can-do attitude. Uh, Get better at what you're doing. Uh, Train yourself. You're worth it. You're worth the investment. And uh, if you're worth the investment and you make the investment to get smarter and get more knowledgeable, you will earn more money, okay? And I appreciate the things that you do. I appreciate keeping all, especially in 2020, I appreciate you guys showing up to work and getting the job done and keeping the planet moving, even though everyone's out there telling you to stay home and wear a mask and and don't do a whole bunch of other shit. It's like, fuck that. We were mechanics. We were technicians. We fixed things. We went to work, and we fixed things, and everything pretty much kept moving, and it was because of you guys. Kudos to you guys. Thanks to you guys. I have to praise you like I should. Hey, uh, that's it, though. I do want to get out of here because uh, one of the things that I have a can-do attitude about is getting out of here. I know how to do that, and that's by going. See you.